When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back for week two of the Processing Blue podcast. I got a different guest this time. I got the man, the myth, the legend, the Tom Rinaldi of Carolina Sports, Scott Fowler. How you doing, my man, Scott? Good, Langston. Thank you for including me on Processing Blue. I'm excited. Absolutely. Um, quick story. Scott gave me my first journalism job. Do you remember that, Scott? When you <laughs> That's that true. I did, yeah. Yeah, you can tell from this gray hair. I, I <laughs> we're know a lot of things back in the day, but yeah, that was a good one. Tell that story. Yeah, we went uh, in school in Chapel Hill, and Scott was the sports editor to the Daily Tar Heel, and they were having uh, auditions basically for people to try out. And I had a, a young lady in my English class told me I could write. I had no idea, so she said try out. Went and met Scott. I wrote about the UNC women's uh, basketball team. For some reason, Scott gave me a job, and I got behind the computer, and here I am. <laughs> Never been there ever since. Yeah. 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 I forgot what your tryout story was. Women's basketball. Okay. Yeah. Women's basketball. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But man, we're here to talk about the Carolina Panthers, not the UNC women's basketball team. Let's talk about Bryce Young. Um, I got to, I laughed because I saw he said before NIL, he was uh, doing DoorDash with the mask and the hat on to make a little extra money that no one recognized him. Scott, he'll never have to work uh, delivering Applebee's ever again. Four years, $40 million contract. How's he played so far? I think it's about what you would maybe expect. He's had some ups and downs here. I'd say more ups than downs, but of course the downs are going to often make headlines, uh, but he's, he can really throw at Langston. Uh, it is, it comes quick and it mostly comes accurately. He does have like any rookie, some struggles that we can talk about too, but in general, I would say I'm, please so far. Okay. Now I also saw you write that he's thrown four interceptions and four practices. Is that something we should be concerned about? Mildly, I would say concerned. Um, you don't want that. And Tom Brady wouldn't have done that, you know, or Peyton Manning at, at late in his career, but rookies do that. Mm -hmm. uh, only one of the four lengths then that I think was really uh, bad. And that mm -hmm. was one where he just panicked and tried to throw it away in the middle of the field. Never a good idea, and it got picked. He threw one today. Uh, we're speaking on Tuesday, and he threw one in the end zone that was a difficult throw. But I think that they're telling him, make those difficult throws now, make those mistakes now, Bryce. So mildly concerned, but, you know, with those four interceptions, if you're counting, I mean, he's probably thrown a dozen touchdown passes or so during that time, too. Well, I have to uh, note that Peyton Manning, as you mentioned, he threw 28 picks as a rookie. So hopefully we won't get that out of Bryce. But how do you think Bryce is going to do this year for the fans compared to the last group of quarterbacks we've seen post-playoff Cam Newton? Hmm. Well, he'll be better than most of those guys, but the bar is not too high. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, you're speaking about a fairly low bar once you go post-Cam uh, or even, you know, Cam 2.0, the second version, which was right. very compromised. 
Um, you know, those guys, there was some good games. I mean, we forget, but a guy like Kyle Allen, I think he might have won his first four starts. There's a few guys who had some moments, but they've never had the consistency uh, at quarterback. And that's what's that's what's been the killer. I mean, for the last the reason they haven't made the playoffs the last five years in a row, have not had good playoff. Uh, I mean, good quarterback play. Yeah, well. Any quarterback is only going to be as good as his receivers. I mean, let's talk about some of the guys that are catching the ball. I've heard a lot about DJ Chark in, in the preseason. Let's start there. Your thoughts about DJ Chark and can he become a guy for Carolina this year? He can definitely become a guy. Uh, one of the real surprises that's at training camp so far, DJ Chark, uh, both personality-wise, got a great personality, which I didn't know, and also just he's there a lot. You can tell that Bryce is looking for him a lot. Like, I don't notice the other guys as much. I mean, there's, you know, Terrace Marshall or Jonathan Mingo or all these guys who are going to – Thielen, I've seen Thielen flash several times. Um, but Chark is the one most often that you see uh, so far that Bryce Young's really had a rapport with. I'm talking strictly wide receivers here. Yeah. Uh, you're right, uh, you know – a wide receiver can make a quarterback look good and vice versa. But uh, Chark has made Bryce look good a couple of times. Marshall had some moments last year. Do you think he can kind of step up and be a guy this year and make that 8-8 look good? I, I sure hope so. Marshall, you know, under the previous Matt Rule coaching staff was kind of odd man out. They obviously were not real high on him because he didn't play very much. And um, so – at the end, when Steve Wilkes took over on the interim basis, that's when you're talking about. That's when Marshall yeah, kind of yeah. flashed. So yeah. uh, can he do it again? Yeah, I mean, I think so. But I haven't – like you're not seeing it on every play or anything like that. I mean, I would say this. None of them look as good as D.J. Moore did. D.J. Moore was yeah. a stud. And yeah. D.J. Moore – there is not a – I'm not saying there's not a D.J. Moore on this roster. I'm right. saying I'm not seeing it yet. Now, maybe <laughs> – Maybe, well, maybe that's why DJ Moore is the package in the first place. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I didn't think also, you know, DJ Moore was still a second-tier receiver, in my opinion, compared to yeah. the total studs of the NFL, the Tyree Kills of the world and such. But right now, that's where, you know, that's what they need. They, they need someone who's going to be a 1,000-yard receiver um, and or, you know, a couple – couple or three 800-yard receivers. And so, Chark, I mean, Thielen's going to be solid. I mean, they, he never drops a ball. It's just a question of, you know, will he – he's gotten a little older and he's obviously lost maybe a step, but will that craftiness make up for it? Well, they drafted Jonathan Mingo, I would think, to be a guy. I mean, Ken, do you see him being a guy potentially, if not this year, maybe later on? Yeah, I, I would say – Yes, but maybe more later on. I think it's a little unreasonable to think Mingo's going to leap in front of some of these veterans that have played more and um, know the NFL game a little better. But he's talented. Yeah. And, you know, like – he look good in the uniform? What was that? I said, doesn't he look good in the uniform? It looks like – Yeah, yeah, it looks really good in the uniform. Um, and remember how Moose Muhammad was in his rookie year. He was a second-round pick, too, and – you were like, hmm, Moose Mahunt, well, how good is he going to be really? And then the second year was when he really uh, yeah. became, and, and about the third year, I mean, he was a Pro Bowl type guy. Yeah. So 
So yeah, I think Musin, you know, that's that's the high end for Mingo that you get a guy that's sort of like that. All right. Well, we also want to talk about the tight ends. We've not had really good tight end production since Greg Olson was, you know, running around here in that 88. And uh, Hayden Hurst, they brought in from Cincinnati, played in the championship game last year, had 414 yards, receiving two touchdowns for the season. Uh, in the playoffs, got 13 catches, 141 yards and a touchdown. So he's been there and been in big games. You wrote a great story about his story today. Um, I want to get into that a little bit. But first, tell me, is he going to be the answer for Carolina as a tight end? It's hard to find another Olsen. Olsen, you know, had 3,000-yard recept- uh, receiving yeah. years in a row as a tight end, almost yeah. unheard of. Uh, and his connection with Cam was Cam Newton was a little bit magical. You know, they just trusted each other so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a ways to go there. Like, like uh, you know, in, in all his years in the NFL, Hayden Hurst has been productive, but he's not – touched near a thousand yard season. So is it going to be Olsen? No, but will he be, I will say this. He has become an immediate one of Bryce Young's favorite guys. And mm-hmm. you see this in the, you saw it again uh, this week in the red zone drills. I mean, they are looking for, for uh, Hayden Hurst. who's very recognizable. You know, he's six foot six uh, or six, four, 260 pounds. You know, he's got uh, red hair that's sometimes in the helmet and sometimes not, but an easy guy to spot, number 81. I think Panthers fans are really going to like this guy. Well, you chronicled him in your story today. You're talking about the red hair. They called him Garnet Thor in, in South Carolina because. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So tell people about his personal story. Kind of give us the Cliff Notes versions because he came from a walk on to an NFL draft pick. Just a lot there, and I don't want to spoil it, but kind of give us a Cliff Notes version of, of Hayden Hurst. A lot there, and I knew some of it, but not uh, not nearly enough. And then he started telling telling it to me, and I was quite enthralled. Mm-hmm. Um, he was basically a great baseball pitcher, Langston, in high school, who dabbled in football. I think he played maybe a year mm-hmm. of high school football, but he could. He was a flamethrower who could throw ninety one miles an hour in the eighth grade. So that's where he was growing up in Jacksonville, Florida, going to a famous high school called the Bowl School. He was an All-American type baseball player, got a $400,000 signing bonus and went into the minors. Uh, didn't, you know, took the bonus like a lot of guys do instead of going to play college. And then he got the yips. And you know what that is, right? You can get it in Absolutely. golf, too. But, uh, <laughs> the yips is really bad in any sport you get it in. But he couldn't throw it straight anymore. I mean, he started sweating. He was having um, he was having severe depression because suddenly he just it had just all gone away. He couldn't keep the ball straight. This happens to major leaguers sometimes, but this happened to Hayden Hurst in the minors, and he never could get over it. Three years of it, doctors, hypnosis, everything, never could get over it. And, it, you know, that started the spiral. He began drinking to sort of get away from his problems um, and then then decided, you know what, forget baseball. I don't like baseball anymore. And he went to football, walked on at South Carolina in 2015 and became an all-SEC player and the first tight end taken. But during that time, even, he still was depressed and, you know, having troubles with, you know, had an alcohol problem and, and tried to um, tried to kill himself as he's written very powerfully before. He tried to kill himself, tried to cut his wrist, uh, and he's written that publicly and has told that story a number of times. 
uh, trying to help people. He's a very much a mental health advocate. And, uh, and he's, you know, he's gotten better with through therapy and his parents and his family and teammates and all of that. But it's a remarkable story. So he became a first round draft choice in 2017. Has kind of bounced around the NFL ever since, but has always been pretty productive guy. And now he's 29 and the Panthers have signed him to a three-year deal, hoping that he's going to be the next Greg Olson. Well, it's a remarkable story. All you guys listening or watching, um, you know, please check it out on charlesobserver.com. It is a, it's an enthralling piece and uh, pretty amazing. All right. Now is the, t- the part of the show. We normally go to Kay's takes and if Mike Kay isn't here, we're going to go to Scott's thoughts. So Scott, uh, you've seen all the Panthers teams. You're probably the only person living to see every year, the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> I don't know about only person, but yes, I've seen them all. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you've you, you seen a lot. So as you look at the Panthers teams that have been good in preseason up to this point, how would you compare this team to those teams? Um, this one is not quite talent-wise to, you know, the ones that, that made the postseason, I'd say. They need, they're going to need some help. Uh, however, they're more talented than some of the worst teams I've seen. I'd say this team talent-wise is kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, you need some luck, right? I mean, they need some luck. They need a couple of they need a couple of field goals to go their way and not the other team's way. They need Bryce to be good and more than anything to stay healthy. Um, so I think that there's enough there that this is a team that finishes somewhere between six and 11 and 10 and seven. You know, they're in that, they're in that middle of the pack range. And the lot of the difference is how well Bryce plays, if he stays healthy. And if those games that, you know, are are four point games, three point games flip their way or not. How big a deal is this guy that they play in arguably the worst conference in football? They're going to get six definitely winnable games in the NFC South. Helps a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's great news. Um, and that's why, you know, they could go 10 and 7 if things mm-hmm. go well. I mean, they don't have enough pass rush yet. I, I want to see I want to see Jeremy Chin take a step forward. Honestly, I didn't think he was very good last year. Um, you know, he needs to make more big plays. He's the kind of guy they need that from. Uh, there's some holes. What, what, who's this wide receiver we're talking about? That's a problem. Who's going to be that guy? That guy needs to develop. Maybe it is. Maybe Chark has a great year. Maybe Mingo steps up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hayden Hurst, you know, Ian Thomas. They need just more production from tight end. Offensive line, though, is pretty good. And that's where a lot of teams, you know, get it done or, or mess it up is offensive line. Their offensive line is pretty good. So that's that's helpful. Uh, and so, you know, the NFC South, sure, that's the that's the great thing. It's in transition. The whole mm-hmm. thing's in transition. There's all kind of issues. Every NF- NFC South team, you could describe many of the same issues, starting with quarterback in a lot of ways. So, that yeah, that's helpful. Thank God they're not in the, you know, in, in there with uh, Buffalo and Miami and the Jets, and, you know, a division like that or. Uh, you know, there's just a, the NFC West is tough. I mean, this is this is the right division to be in if you're a team in transition. Well, speaking of the right division to be in, Bucky Brooks on uh, NFL All Access thinks the Carolina Panthers are going to win the NFC South. He thinks Bryce Young is going to come in and direct the offense. He thinks the experience of this coaching staff is going to make the difference. You're laughing. What do you think? Uh, well, I would not bet on that. 
It seems it seems a stretch, but let's look at it this way, Langston. So every year in the NF in the NFL, one or two teams go from last to first. There's eight yeah. divisions. There's always one or two teams that do that. Panthers uh, were last. They've done this in their own history before, and it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Just because the NFL, there's so much parity as opposed to college football, where you know, a team like Alabama or Clemson or Florida State is always going to be good because they just got this pipeline. Right. In the NFL, the talent is much more evenly distributed. So, so much depends on that quarterback. And so Bryce Young, you know, we talked a little bit. I'll, I'll tell you this about Bryce. In the last two weeks, he seems a lot more comfortable to me, not only with his teammates, but he's not so um, robotic. Like. Right. Bryce, Bryce can sound a little bit programmed sometimes, and I don't mean in a bad way, but I just mean he always knows what the right answer is, like a guy taking a test. He's just ready to give it. Yeah. But he's got to show a little personality to make people follow him, sort of the way Jake DeLone did, the way Cam did. Mm-hmm. you got to have mm-hmm. that. And so we've seen that a little with the door. You know, he's willing to open up a little bit about DoorDash. That he's, you know, he opened up today about the song he sang, which, uh, you know, Keisha Cole, love. He sang this song in the Rookie Talent Show, and he was talking about his performance there, kind of making fun of himself. Right. You're seeing glimpses more of of what, you know, who he really is. He's not just a, a guy who, you know, 2.3 seconds, I'm getting the ball out and I'm finding the right, right receiver. There's, there's a personality there too. So all that being said, Yes, Bucky Brooks, maybe, you know, they got a chance. I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on it, but shoot, they might have like a one in five chance of doing that because the NFC South is is as fragile as they come. <laughs> it's wide open at best. Yeah. All right, guys, this is episode two of the uh, process, Processing Blue Panthers podcast. Make sure you like, share, subscribe wherever you're watching this or listening to it on your podcast. And thank you, Scott, for joining us, and we'll catch you next week. Always a pleasure. Y'all keep listening to Processing Blue. Thank you.